This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome, welcome, and God bless. I'm John Roseman, your host. The program is called Because I Said So which reflects the fact that the program is all about the raising of children. And furthermore, it reflects, I reflect, I espouse, a very traditional, biblically-based parenting ethos, and uh, therefore, because I said so. Because those four words are intimately associated with a traditional parenting approach. For those of you who may be joining the show for the first time, welcome. You can find out more about me and my parenting and family ministry by going to my website, John Rosemond, and I'll spell it out for you, J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com. And on my website, you'll find a bookstore. Uh, which you can uh, peruse, and you'll find my upcoming speaking schedule. I speak uh, in churches and Christian schools and also in secular environments occasionally all across the United States. And by the way, even when I speak in a secular environment to a largely secular audience, my message is biblically based. I'm just a little bit more sly about it. So today I would like to talk about one of the most misunderstood verses in all of Scripture, and that is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, which says in the NIV, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. I think in the King James and New King James it says, provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I've even had people tell me at speaking engagements that if parents use my advice, that they're going to upset their kids and that therefore my advice is not biblical. I've even had people accuse me of that at speaking engagements on two or three occasions over the last 30 years or so. And they always refer, having said that or words to that effect, they always refer to Ephesians 6.4, pointing out that Ephesians 6.4 says that fathers should not upset their children and make them angry. Well, that's not what it says. It's very unfortunate that many Christians, and and even folks, no small number of Christian pastors, believe that's what Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says. But in order to arrive at that conclusion, you have to take the first part of the verse out of context and ignore completely the second part of the verse. Paul is not telling fathers and mothers to never upset their kids. That wouldn't make any sense. As a former Pharisee named Saul, Paul, 
his name after his road to Damascus experience, was well-versed in Hebrew scriptures, what Christians term the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, in Proverbs, we are told that foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. In other words, and this Old Testament verse will be elaborated upon in an upcoming program, a child's emotions are drastically in need of discipline. A child's emotions are random, chaotic, undisciplined. Foolishness, folly, is bound, powerful word, in the heart of a child. Therefore, a child's emotions are drastically in need of discipline. Therefore, the fact that a parental action or decision might make a child upset might even, as it's put in the King James, provoke a child to anger is not in and of itself evidence that the parent has acted or decided wrongly. In other words, a child's emotional reaction to something that a parent does is not in and of itself indication that the parent has acted rightly or wrongly. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, the writer, who may have been Paul, but we really aren't sure, tells us that, quote, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it, end quote. So if discipline, when it's effective, and, and Paul, Paul or whomever the writer was, uh, seems to be saying that effective discipline is by nature painful. It doesn't feel good. So if the author is saying that when discipline is effective, it feels painful at the time, then children don't like to be disciplined. It may, in fact, exasperate and even anger them. Nonetheless, the verse goes on to say, in effect, that discipline is necessary and ultimately a good thing. Now, the Bible doesn't contradict itself, right? Right. If Hebrews says discipline is painful at the time, then Paul in Ephesians is definitely not telling parents that they should never do anything that upsets their kids. That would be a contradiction. The key to understanding Ephesians 6.4 is contained in the word but. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, the word but has various synonyms, including instead. So that substitution, the substitution of the word instead for but, which is theologically legitimate, facilitates correct exegesis concerning Ephesians 6.4. If you read it out loud with instead substituted for but, it goes like this. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, parentheses, instead of exasperating them, and parentheses, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Clearly, Paul is telling parents, that if they fail to bring their children up in the training and instruction of the Lord, they will certainly exasperate them. 
symptoms of which include, or synonyms, not symptoms, synonyms of which, synonyms of exasperation include being infuriated, maddened, incensed, and frustrated. So again, Paul is clearly saying to parents, if you fail to bring your children up in the training and instruction of the Lord, you will exasperate, also known as infuriate, madden, incense, and frustrate your children. Why? Because if parents bring up their children according to sources other than God's word, sources that reflect man's own thinking, and in this regard, folks, see Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, where Paul warns against being taken captive by philosophies that do not depend on the word made flesh, Christ, but depend instead on man's own thinking. If parents bring their children up according to sources other than God's word, human sources, secular sources, they will invariably zigzag, weave, and wobble all over the parenting playing field in constant search of coherent direction. Inconsistency, indecision, and volatility will define their parenting behavior under those circumstances. Their children, consequently, will not be able to, A, understand their parents' purpose because it seems to change like the weather from day to day, and B, reliably predict what their parents are going to do how they're going to react from one parenting situation to the next. Sound familiar? It may. It may be that I'm talking about you, in which case, listen up. The sort of parent I'm describing gives a child a certain permission one day and withholds it the next, is calm and composed one day, but a bundle of emotion and easily flies off the handle the next, is understanding and flexible one day, but rigidly intolerant the next, that unpredictability, that flip-flopping from situation to situation will be exasperating to the child in question. Proverbs 3.5 exhorts the reader to trust in the Lord with all of one's heart. And I'm doing a little paraphrasing here for the purposes of reading this on the radio. And lean not on one's own understanding. Verse 6 follows with the promise that by acknowledging God in all of our endeavors, he will make straight our paths. And once again, we see that where the raising of children is concerned, two Bible verses are, quote, joined at the hip, end quote. According to Ephesians 6, 4, parents who do not use God's word as their primary and perhaps even only source of parenting guidance who instead lean on their own and other people's understandings, will zigzag, weave, wobble, and flop all over the parenting playing field. In brief, their parenting path will never be straight. Thus, they are all but certain to exasperate their children. You see how Scripture just seems to often just fit together like pieces of a puzzle. It's just amazing to me. It continues to be amazing. So anyway, I'm going to come back to this after the break, but this seems like a good place to uh, pause and uh, take a deep breath and uh, listen to a couple of announcements from American Family Radio and the American Family Association. My thanks to 
Tim Wildman and everyone over there in Tupelo, Mississippi for giving me this opportunity to uh, talk to their audience about parenting matters from coast to coast and even beyond. So folks, uh, I'll be right back in uh, just a moment or two. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. I'm, uh, for those of you who are just joining us, I'm uh, demonstrating, hopefully describing the relationship of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 to a proper parenting approach and pointing out that Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, contrary to what a lot of Christians seem to believe, and again, I said this before, even some Christian pastors, uh, contrary to what they believe, does not mean that fathers and mothers should never upset their children. So before the break, I was talking about parents who are inconsistent, whose parenting path is not straight, because instead of trusting in the Lord with all of their hearts— They lean on other people's understandings when it comes to the raising of their children. And because these parents lack a coherent sense of child-rearing direction, because they're leaning on wrong understandings and their parenting path is not straight, and again, I'm I'm, uh, drawing straight from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, They will also lack a sense of parenting purpose. They will be unclear, in other words, as to their child-rearing mission, unclear on what they should be trying to accomplish. In biblical terms, they will be unclear as to the way their children should go. And there I'm pulling from Proverbs 22.6, train up the child in the way He should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Their training of their children, therefore, will be erratic as opposed to consistent, haphazard as opposed to intentional, wavering and indecisive as opposed to purposeful and authoritative, and generally from the hip. Their parenting will be largely emotionally driven, instead of rationally driven. So, Proverbs 22.6 and Ephesians 6.4 are another example of two scripture being joined at the hip where the rearing of children is concerned. Taken together, these two scripture, Proverbs 22.6, Ephesians 6.4, mean that parents who don't have a clear sense of their mission will act inconsistently, erratically, indecisively, and as a result will exasperate their kids. You see how they're woven together there? Okay. It in, in this regard, it's telling to note that when I ask parents, just you know, typical parents, I meet them in a speaking engagement, and I'll ask, what is your parenting mission statement? Most parents 
I would say 95% of them just in response, just stare at me. And then they say something like, what do you mean? What do I mean? I mean, what is your parenting mission statement? So I, I don't mean that I act, uh, I respond in a, it, with that sort of sarcastic tinge in my voice, but it, it's in, it some, continues to be incredulous to me that parents don't have a mission statement. They're not clear, therefore, on what they're trying to accomplish. A mission statement, no matter what you're doing, clarifies your purpose. If you don't have a mission statement, if you can't articulate a mission statement concerning the rearing of children, then you really don't have a clear sense of what you're doing. So it's uh, they, they try and these parents that I, I say, well, what is your parenting mission statement? Or they just stare at me and then they try and come up with something on the spot again. And that means they've never really thought about it. They're shooting from the proverbial hip a lot, just muddling through the raising of children one day at a time. And a good number of these parents admit to frequent feelings of confusion, worry, and guilt. No surprise there. When I point out to one of these oft-confused parents that McDonald's has a mission statement, and McDonald's function in culture is, let's face it, far less important than proper child-rearing, they will uh, now under pressure say something along the lines of, well, I guess I want my child to be happy and successful. You guess. Hmm. Wanting to raise children who are happy and successful as adults is very 21st century. It's very worldly. My parents would not have said they were trying to make sure that John Rosemond as an adult was happy and successful. They would have said that my adult happiness and success were my responsibility, not theirs. That their responsibility was that of raising a responsible, compassionate citizen. That is, a person of steadfast character. Period. Happiness and success are worldly goals. They are worldly goals. And I will dare say that many... I'm, I'm hesitant to say most, folks, but I will say many Christian parents are letting the world inform and drive their day-to-day parenting. If I'm talking about you, then you really need to listen up, and you really need, in my estimation, to uh, make a course correction here. Uh, happiness and success are worldly, secular goals. Raising a person of steadfast character is the biblical goal. Raising a person of steadfast character is God's desire for parents. And for more on that, you can go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, where, paraphrasing now, but I've been assured by reputable theologians that this is a legitimate paraphrase, God says to parents, impress godly, biblical values on your children at every possible opportunity. In other words, God is saying it's not about making straight A's in school. It's not about getting invited to uh, join the uh, 2020 Olympic uh, gymnastics team. It's not about getting a full paid scholarship to Harvard or Yale 
It's all about a child's character. It's all about training the child in the way he should go and doing all you can to make sure that he doesn't depart from it when he is older. A good barometer of whether a child is exasperated by his parents is their own exasperation or general lack of it. Forrest Gump might have put it this way. Exasperation is as exasperation does. In that regard, it's my very experienced conclusion. I've been doing this for over 40 years, this parenting thing. That today's American parents are, as a lot, the most exasperated group of parents to ever inhabit the earth at any time in human history. Why are they exasperated? I know why. They're exasperated because they've been taking their parenting marching orders from mental health professionals. They've been consuming so-called expert advice, and that advice has been taken from a mental health professional. I am a psychologist licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board. I'm a heretic in my field, an outlier. I don't believe in psychology. I believe psychology has caused more problems for the American child, parent, marriage, family, school, culture, community, and therefore America then psychologists even know how to solve. Take it from me. I was trained in that worldview. The so-called expert, using the term rather loosely, advice that American parents have been consuming over the last 50 years has been toxic. It's been confusing. It's been exasperating. It has generated no sense of coherent direction for parents. Quite the contrary, it's generated a plethora of parental anxiety and guilt. That's the price America is paying for listening to professional parenting advice givers for more than 50 years. Parents who parent according to the ever-changing vicissitudes, look it up, of the secular world rather than according to God's steady compass can be easily identified. Invariably, the parents in question are primarily concerned with their children's accomplishments. They would not admit to that, of course, but it becomes quickly obvious that they put more effort, far more, in fact, into helping their children make good grades than into teaching their children proper manners. And folks, proper manners are nothing more than demonstrations of respect for other people. Proper manners are the outward display of an inward steadfast character. These parents are likely, in fact, to think that children learn proper manners by some osmotic process, that they just absorb them. No, proper manners are habits. They're good habits. You have to train good habits into children. They don't spontaneously arise. Instead of uh, wanting children to be humble, wanting to raise humble adults, they want their children to possess high esteem for themselves, which the Bible clearly says is an evil thing. Their children are idols, in effect, to be celebrated you know parents like that, parents whose children are idols. They celebrate them all the time. 
My child is doing this. My child's grades are this, blah, blah, blah. Materialism and the need for worldly approval drive their parenting. They're trying to raise what I call trophy children. In many cases, unfortunately, especially for the rest of us, they succeed. All right, well, that's another Because I Said So. Again, I'm your host, John Rosemond. Website, John Rosemond, J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com, where you will find my bookstore, upcoming speaking engagements, uh, calendar, last four or five of my syndicated newspaper columns, and uh, other material that you may hopefully find interesting. You'll also find a link to my other website at parentguru.com. Folks, I've enjoyed this once again. Hope you have too. God bless you. God bless your families. Hope to see you next week. Same time, same place.